Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Listeners, welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. It is Sunday, July 5th, and this is Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, welcome back, everyone. I'm excited um, for another episode of the podcast. Um, in this week's episode, I will be discussing... In the Dig Deeper segment, my favorite albums from uh, the second quarter of 2020. So everything that was released from March or sorry April 1st through the end of June was eligible, um, and I picked nine albums that were my absolute favorites, the ones that I'm still listening to right now. Um, and ones that will most likely, for the most part, unless some albums come that knock them off their spot, will end up in my end of the year list um, when I do that in December. So I'll be talking about that in the Dig Deeper segment. Um going to hit you with the Song of the Week in the Press Play segment as well. But before that, uh, let me introduce the sponsor. So the sponsor for this week's episode um, is the podcast You Are a Lawyer. And essentially, You Are a Lawyer is a podcast that shares the experiences and successes of law school graduates who create their own paths. So you can um, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just search You Are a Lawyer. Of course, I'm going to put all of the information for the podcast in the 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 podcast notes as well as the podcast newsletter. Um, so shout out to You Are a Lawyer, the sponsor. And so... Uh, going directly into that, um, the podcast newsletter. So 
one of the things that you can do to better your experience as a listener of Thinking Outside the Boombox is to join the mailing list. Um, the mailing list will get you two things. Um, one, the mailing list will get you a curated playlist every week. So four weeks out of the month, um, I create a playlist with 10 songs. Um, and everyone on the mailing list gets sent a link to that playlist, either through Apple Music or Spotify, um, via email. Um, there are four types of playlists. The first week of each month is chill R&B. Second week is 90s and 2000s throwback mix. Third week is the hype mix. And then the fourth week is Danunu, which is the uh, my favorite songs from that month. So... Chill R&B went out last week. Uh, it comes out every Wednesday. This upcoming Wednesday, if you're on the mailing list, you'll get the 90s, 2000s throwback mix. So you definitely want to sign up for the mailing list um, so that you can get these curated playlists. Um, also, you'll get a podcast newsletter. After each episode, um, I drop a podcast newsletter, which contains all the links, um, information of everything I talked about. Um, in the podcast so that you can, you know, if you hear a music video that I talked about, you want to go watch it, the link's right there. Um, so you can get that, you'll get that in your email if you're on the mailing list as well. So how do you, uh, how do you get on the mailing list? Well, go to thinking outside the boombox.com. Um, that's one way, uh, you can put your email in on the front page, um, click I'd love to, and then boom, you'll get all of that good stuff in your email when it drops. If you don't want to go through all of that and you just want the newsletter, you don't want the cool playlist that will change your life, that's fine. You can go to the newsletter tab um, at the top of thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, and all of the podcast newsletters I drop are also there. Um, make sure you follow the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook um, lots of dope content dropping there uh, multiple times a week. So, yeah. Um, thank you to everyone that's tuning in today. And without further ado, let's get started with the song of the week. This year, my favorite song, you just don't know. This shit my favorite song, you just don't know the words, but I still fuck with you. You just ain't never heard it go like this shit my favorite song. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox, the song of the week for this week. Um, as you know, Disney um, released the Broadway version of Hamilton on Disney Plus this past weekend, Friday, July 3rd. Um, it was a big deal. Everybody who loves Hamilton, people who didn't get the chance to see Hamilton in person, um, in respective cities, um, this was a big deal because this was some people discovering it for the first time outside of the soundtrack. This is some people revisiting it, which was the case for myself. Um, whether a lot of people like it or not, Hamilton is hip hop. Like from the lyricism to the, the swag of it to sometimes the like New York Ghostface killer way that Lin-Manuel Miranda raps as Alexander Hamilton. It's, it is a hip hop musical. It really is. And so it deserves to be included on this podcast. And so the song of the week is probably the song we've, we've watched the musical twice, um, since it dropped on Friday. Um, 
the song that has been stuck in my head the most since we've watched it is the final song, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. It's a fantastic song. It's a nice culmination of everything that happened in the play thematically and musically. It's a nice culmination of those things. And the way Eliza sings the orphanage will always be one of my favorite parts of Hamilton, period. (laughs) Um, So that is the song of the week. The song of the week is the closing um, notes uh, or the closing song of Hamilton, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Their Story. Um, If you haven't seen Hamilton, um, it's honestly worth getting a free trial or whatever to Disney Plus just so you can see it. Um, but if you haven't heard it, you definitely, that's on all streaming platforms. You definitely, definitely need to go listen to that. So that's the song of the week. Uh, let's jump into the press play segment. Welcome back. Um, it's now time for the press play segment. The press play segment is where I get into the hip hop and R&B news. I get into the things that you should know. Is separated into three parts, things that you should check out, uh, rumor mill and announcements, and then upcoming and recently released albums. So everything I talk about in this section um, can be found in the podcast newsletter. So if anything I talk about, you want to you wanna see, um, see the music video, hear the song, get the link in the podcast newsletter, um, and you'll be able to get all the information you need. So... Let's jump into the things that you should check out. The first one, I mentioned uh, in the last episode, I believe it was, that on Juneteenth, Alicia Keys and John Legend had a versus celebration. They stopped calling them battles. Um, I was late on this. I was busy on Juneteenth. I had no idea this happened, but I did promise that, you know, seeing as how these are two of my favorite R&B artists of all time, um, that I would definitely listen to it and I would get a playlist together. Well, you are in luck. I am placing in the chat right now um, the links to the playlist I have created um, that features every song that was played throughout the Alicia Keys and John Legend versus Battle. Um, Let me just show you. Here's the playlist right here, the Apple Music version. I created an Apple Music and a Spotify version, um, 44 songs, over three hours of music. If you're fans of both of these artists, this is definitely the playlist for you. You definitely want to make sure you get this. Um, I put the links in the chat. The links will also be in the podcast newsletter. Um, but if you want to just go to Apple Music and type in A-O-T-S, A-O-A-T-E-S um, you should be able to get to my profile. Um, and this playlist is, it's, uh, on my profile. It's searchable. It's published. It's public. Um, you definitely want to get this cause it's a really dope playlist. Um, but you'll be able to get the link to that in all of the formats I mentioned. Um, another thing that's important is, um, there were a few music videos that dropped, uh, this since the last episode, Buddy, or sorry, not Buddy, 
her, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that she did a live performance of a new song called I Can't Breathe. Well, she also released a music video for that song. Um, it features a lot of footage of like protests around the world, Black Lives Matter protests, things like that. Uh, Buddy and Kent Jams dropped off a music video for their song Bad Boys. Um, get their project, Jank Tape Volume 1. It's a really dope project. And the video for this is just as insane and hilarious as some of the songs on their project. Um, Big Boy and Sleepy Brown connected for a new song and music video called Can't Sleep. They've got a project coming. Um, Freeze Tag, which is a song by a newest super group that was formed called Dinner Party. Dinner Party is comprised of Robert Glasper, Ninth Wonder, Kamasi Washington, and Terrace Martin. Incredible lineup. They have formed a super group. They're releasing an album. They've released a music video for their new song, Freeze Tag. You definitely want to check all those music videos out. Um, Buddy also released a new song called Faces with Lucky Day. That's real smooth, so you want to check that out as well. Um, The Roots Picnic 2020, um, which was originally scheduled, I think, for May. Um, It got moved to June. um, And then, of course, it got moved to a virtual stage. So... The entire Roots Picnic lineup is available to watch now. So it had Lil Baby, SZA, Roddy Rich, Her, G Herbo, Earth Gang, to name a few. Um, Michelle Obama co-hosted it with Questlove and Black Thought. Um, and it's all available. You can watch the whole thing. So that link is in the podcast newsletter as well. It's a dope free concert right there. Um, Westside Gun shared the trailer for the new Griselda film, Conflicted. They're getting into movies um so check out the trailer for this new film um this this is some old school stuff with um you know these rap groups you know putting out like little mini films and stuff too so it's cool to see them do that um alicia keys was on npr's tiny desk if you don't know what that is npr does a thing called tiny desk where artists come to the npr headquarters um like their offices and put on an intimate performance for the npr employees um they were doing it like live at home for a while because of the pandemic. Um, but Alicia Keys just did one, you know, it's incredible. Actually, when I was watching her versus thing with John Legend, I was surprised at how well she sounded singing some of her old music. She still got the juice. I'm excited for her album when it drops. Um, but yeah, definitely check out her tiny desk. Um, And then the BET Awards was not last week, but I think the week before. I can't actually remember. Time is irrelevant at this point. Um, But the BET Awards was very good. It was completely virtual. um, And there were a ton of amazing performances. So I have links to all of the performances that are going to be in the podcast newsletters. The The ones that I thought were the best. There are some that I didn't put in there that weren't that exciting. But there were a lot of good ones, like... Public Enemy did a Fight the Power remix with Nas, Rhapsody, Black Thought, YG, Jahi. Anderson Pac and J-Rock performed their song Lockdown. Megan Thee Stallion performed Savage and Girls in the Hood. John Legend performed Never Break. Alicia Keys performed Perfect Way to Die. Lil Wayne performed a tribute to Kobe Bryant. D Smoke and Sir performed Let Go and Black Habits. Jennifer Hudson performed Young, Gifted, and Black from the new uh, Aretha Franklin biopic. Masego performed Queen Tings. Uh, Chloe and Halle performed Forgive Me and Do It. And then Wayne Brady did a Little Richard tribute. And he performed Lucille and Good Golly Miss Molly. Amazing performances. Definitely check those out. 
Um, the rumor mill and the announcements. Lenny Kravitz is releasing a memoir. It's called Let Love Rule. Um, it's named after his debut album, um, which he released. And so that's coming out on October 6th. Um, I think artists' memoirs are so cool. And if it's an artist that I'm interested in, I usually will buy the memoir. So I'll, I'll probably be buying Lenny Kravitz's memoir. Um, Kendrick Lamar also, pretty sure he has one coming out uh, in October as well. Um, Juicy J challenged Dr. Dre to a versus battle, which a lot of people have been laughing off initially, but I think Dr. Dre would definitely win, but Juicy J, you know, he's got more going on than you would think. He's produced a lot of records. He was part of 3-6 Mafia. Like, he could he could be a, a viable opponent for Dr. Dre. There are better ones, but I think it would be interesting. So more on if that actually happens. Um, Big Boy and Sleepy Brown are releasing a joint album called The Big Sleepover. Um, that's where the song Can't Sleep came from that I talked about in the um, Things You Should Check Out segment. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. It should be coming this year, so I'll keep you posted. Um, Kid Cudi announced a new podcast called All Love No Shit Talking. I don't think he's actually like created it. I think he just he got a title, um, but I'll keep you posted on that as well. Um, Beyonce announced Black is King, which is a visual album um, that's going to be exclusively on Disney Plus, I think July 31st. And it's basically a visual album based off of the Lion King, the gift album that she did um, for the newest version of the Lion King. Um, so it's I think it's basically a visual album for all of that music, which is dope because Kendrick, Jay-Z, Tara Wack, uh, 070 Shake, they they were all a part of that project. So that's exciting. Finally, in the rumor mill and the announcements, Freddie Gibbs is likely going to be beefing with Jeezy soon. So if you don't know, Freddie Gibbs um, used to be signed to CTE, um, which is Jeezy's label. Um, he got dropped from the label. Um, like he had, Freddie Gibbs has been in the game for a while. He got dropped from the label, and he's kind of been fueled by that for a long time. And now he's one of the best MCs in the game, and he really wants them to know that they missed out. And so he recently said in an interview that Young Jeezy is musically irrelevant, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, but he said, look, his last three albums weren't it. He wasn't a fan of his last three albums, and he's musically irrelevant and you know he's been fueled he was fueled after he got kicked uh, dropped from cte because he looked up to jeezy and he could have signed to any rapper in 2010 like rick ross or yo Gotti, but he chose jeezy and now it's his motivation to prove him wrong um and he's been doing that because his last two projects are all classics bandana and alfredo so um i, I can't imagine that jeezy is going to take too kindly to being called musically irrelevant so it's likely they'll be beefing soon so I'll keep you posted on that. Um, upcoming and recently released albums. Um, so since the last episode, there were a few albums that released. August Alsina released The Product 3 State of Emergency on June 26th. IDK released IDK and Friends 2, which I think is the soundtrack to that Kevin Durant Basketball County like documentary. Um, Jesse Ware dropped off What's Your Pleasure black dropped off six piece hot ep which is fire it's six songs and he didn't miss one time it's an amazing project um june 3rd this past friday pop smoke his posthumous album shoot for the stars aim for the moon was released west side gun dropped off fly god is an awesome god too um 
this upcoming Friday, July 10th dinner party, which is the group that I mentioned, the super group that was formed, Terrace Martin, Ninth Wonder, Robert Glasper, Kamasi Washington. They're dropping off their self-titled album, Dinner Party. Snow Allegra is dropping off her album, Dying for Your Love. Summer Walker is dropping off Life on Earth EP. This is all July 10th. July 17th, Kyle is dropping off his album, See You When I'm Famous. Leanne Le Havis is dropping off her self-titled album, Leanne Le Havis. And then on July 31st, Brandy is dropping off her seventh studio album called B7, which explains why she dropped that Baby Mama track with Chance the Rapper. It was a single for her upcoming album. So a lot of good music coming in the in the next few weeks. So I'll keep you posted on that. Um, so let's jump right in to the Dig Deeper segment. outside the boombox it's now time for the dig deeper segment um so it's been it's been a rough few months between the pandemic and you know the the wave of violence from police that spawned all of these um protests and things like that um it it has been a, a rough time uh to live in america um and I named this episode Music Never Stops because, you know, that's really the truth of it is, you know, we've received a lot of music from artists over the past few months because they wanted us to have something that would make us feel good, to help us detach from the the things around us and, you know, come into their world or the world that they created in their music. And I think that's great. I think it's it's cool that we have things like music to, you know, evoke emotion um, from us and take us to a different place. And so um, quarter two of 2020 just ended on June 30th. And so I wanted to discuss the nine albums. And I chose nine only because that's how many would fit cleanly in an Instagram post. Um, so all year, uh, each quarter, it's going to be nine albums. Um, but I chose the nine that really spoke to me, that really stuck with me that I've been listening to nonstop really since they were released. And so that's what I'm going to talk about in the Dig Deeper segment is to just talk about these albums and tell you what my favorite tracks from them were, because if you haven't heard of them, my favorite tracks are, I think, a good place to start. But I think all of these albums are definitely worth a listen. Um, So let's jump right into that. So the first album is called It Is What It Is by Thundercat. So this is Thundercat's fourth album. Um, he's been releasing projects since 2011, but I didn't really get hip to to his work until hearing him play the bass on other artists' work like Flying Lotus and Kendrick. Um, his 2017 album Drunk was the first Thundercat album that I listened to. Um, but It Is What It Is is easily my favorite work of his Flying Lotus was an executive producer for the album, and he writes and produces everything on this album with Thundercat. Um, it's an album about love and loss and acceptance and contemplation, and Thundercat and Lotus wanted it to be a journal of where he's been since his last album, Drunk, um, which Lotus also had a heavy hand in. 
Thundercat mostly wants to sing and play the bass, and Lotus helps him with that vision. Um, this album was also dedicated to Mac Miller, um, who Thundercat was a good friend of his, and the title was actually based on a saying that they always shared with each other, which was sit down and let it happen. And if you do that with this album, sit down and let it happen, you'll be nothing short of pleased and impressed. Thundercat's voice is so soothing, and the jazz, hip-hop, funk production provides a cohesive and consistent vibe that doesn't miss a single time. Um, Thundercat's humor shines through, um, especially on Dragon Ball Do-Rag. And with a little help from his friends, he produced some of the most unforgettable jams I've heard this year. Black Qualls with the Steves, Steve Lacey, Steve Arrington, and Flying Lotus's real name is Steve. Um, Um... and Childish Gambino, that song is amazing. Um, Dragon Ball Durag is hilarious. It's quite the vibe. Um, Unrequited Love is such a beautiful song. Fair Chance is my favorite from the album. It combines Ty Dolla Sign and Lil B with Thundercats vocals. Something I was skeptical about, but they sound so good together. Um, I recently discovered that that song is about Mac Miller. And it makes sense because Ty Dolla Sign's verse kind of interpolates... Um, a Mac Miller song um, and it makes the song even that more beautiful and that's maybe why I was drawn to it in the first place it's a really beautiful sentiment um, the second part of it is what it is the song is all instrumental and the first thing they worked on after hearing about Mac's death and Flying Lotus said that they recorded it and cried and honestly you can feel the emotion in the music um, this album is one of the best vibes that you'll find all year And you might shed a tear because it'll definitely take you to a special place. Um, So my favorite songs from the album were Black Qualls, Fair Chance, Dragon Ball Durag, Existential Dread, and It Is What It Is. Um, The next album I want to talk about is Pray for Paris by Westside Gun. So last year I heard so much about Griselda that I knew that there was something there. Griselda is a, a label, a group that consists of Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and West Side Gun. So Benny the Butcher's album Crowns for Kings was one of my favorite albums from last year, and West Side Gun's Pray for Paris album is definitely up there this year. Um, if any album will make you want to dig deeper into what Griselda can offer, I think it's this one. Um, the album was inspired by Gun attending Virgil Abloh's Off-White Paris fashion show, and Virgil even designed the album cover, which is based off of a painting called David with the head of Goliath, which is a painting by an Italian painter named uh, named Caravaggio. Um, the album is gritty, but it's opulent. Um, Westside Gun has a flow and personality on wax that's reminiscent of Ghostface Killer. He's unforgettable when you hear him on a verse. It has a distinct old school feel, but it doesn't feel dated. And that's really true of all of Griselda's uh, projects. The imagery that Westside Gun evokes is over the top, but it makes his rhymes that much more compelling, and his flow is incredible to hear. Um, Conway and Benny tag along for a few tracks on the album, and their chemistry is like no other. Um, but a few of my favorites are where the guest stars shine brightly, like 327 with Joey Badass, Tyler the Creator, Billy Esco, 500 Ounces with Freddie Gibbs and Rock Marciano, um, French Toast with Wale and Joyce Rice. Um, but the real surprise for me was Versace. So I had no idea that Jay Versace, who was a Vine star, he made beats. And I definitely didn't know that he made beats this good. He sent a bunch of beats to West Side Gun. And even West Side Gun was like, yo, this must be a joke when he like saw Jay Versace hit him up. But he heard this Versace beat, 
wrote to it and immediately sent it back to Jay Versace and it made it on the album. Um, West Side Gun completely owns that beat. It's one of the best songs on the album. The production on this project feels handcrafted for Gun's vision um, with production from DJ Premier, Tyler the Creator, The Alchemist, and a lot more. The sometimes soulful production juxtaposed with the gritty verses is a match made in heaven. Uh, and Gun aims to make art, not just music. And I think that Pray for Paris definitely realizes that vision. Um, so my favorite tracks were 327, French Toast, Allah Sent Me, 500 Ounces, Versace. Um, so the next album is Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist. It's a play on their name, Al. Fred Alfredo. Um, this album puts me in a similar mindset to Pray for Paris. Um, Freddie Gibbs delivers a sonic style and grittiness that definitely exists in the same spectrum as what Griselda produces. Add in an entire project produced by The Alchemist, and there's no way they don't make something amazing. The Alchemist has been around for a long time. He's produced for Dilated Peoples, Mob Deep, Nas, Jay-Z, so much more. He has a knack for a soulful production, amazing with soul samples um, that have gritty elements, and it meshes perfectly with Freddie's lyrics and flow. Freddie has been on a tear um, lately, especially after releasing Bandana just last year, and I had no idea this album was even coming. Um, they've worked together before when Freddie Gibbs did a joint album with Currency called Fetty, and that was produced by Alchemist, and they've likely been cooking up ever since. Freddie's one of the best MCs in the game. He's taking a victory lap on this album, and he's got some fresh production to back him up this time. He's been so consistent over the past few years that he can no longer be overlooked his he's really achieving success now and that elevates his lyrics to an even more lavish level his storytelling is top notch he's painting pictures people dream about and he's rapping his ass off uh alfredo is 35 minutes long and it feels even tighter because of how cohesive the project is features from benny the butcher rick ross tyler the creator and conway the machine especially shine with tyler delivering a possible verse of the year um it's always exciting when I see one producer for an album, so like one artist or like one group and one producer, because when done correctly, the right beats, the right combinations, the right rapper, you get some artists greatest works when they link up with a producer to produce their entire album. Think of Snoop Dogg's debut, Doggy Style, solely produced by Dr. Dre, Common's album B produced by Kanye, Return of the Mac by Prodigy, produced by Alchemist, um, especially Freddie Gibbs' work with Mad Lib on Bandana and Pinata, and Alfredo definitely continues that trend. Um, Freddie is untouchable right now, um, not only delivering fire verses and moments and stories, but also delivering consistent, cohesive projects. So my favorite tracks from Alfredo are 1985, Something to Rap About, Scotty Bean, God is Perfect, Skinny Shook, for sure. So let's jump into some R&B music. Joyride by Looney is another favorite of mine from this year. I had never heard of Looney before I found her music in the new music section at Apple Music back in April. Usually um, every Friday. Well, it's usually Thursday night because new music drops on Apple Music Friday at midnight in New York time, in Eastern time. So at 11 p.m. my time, uh, all the new music usually drops. And so I'll usually go on 
Apple Music, head straight to the browse section, the new music section, and just see what's been released. And a lot of times, if I see a cover that seems interesting, I'll click through. If I see that it's like hip-hop, R&B, or like a genre that I'm interested in, I might give it a listen. And so that's what happened with Looney's project. Um, the cover drew me in. I saw that it was an R&B album, so I decided to give it a chance. Um, and I'm glad that I did because uh, it's become one of my favorite projects from this year. It's real short. Um, only five songs, around 18 minutes, but I can't stop listening to it. And every song is really good. Um, Looney is a 25-year-old artist from Toronto. She has a really good voice and one that seems made to sing R&B. Um, there's a lot of interesting influences on this EP. The first song, In Code, has some serious gospel vibes and chords, especially with the way that she delivers that performance. The song, No, is definitely an R&B vibe reminiscent of sounds by contemporary artists like Georgia Smith or Mahalia. But it's the last two songs on the EP that keep playing over and over in my head. The last track, Ghosts, is a song that plays with the idea that when you have a relationship with someone and you stop talking, the relationship still exists in another timeline. It's a real complex um, idea for a song that sounds so damn good. Um, The guitar that drives the melody is familiar and melancholic, and her serene vocals on top of that are very memorable. Um, The song before that, which is called Summertime Cigarettes, also has a guitar driving the melody. And then Looney comes in with some almost angelic vocals dedicated to her feeling of summer and how it smells like cigarettes and how she spends it with the wrong people. And the song just puts you in a mood. Um, Her songwriting is so good. And sometimes that can get lost because the arrangement and her soothing vocals distract you with the vibe that they create. But Joyride is exactly that. It's a journey into Looney's life, her neighborhood, her mind, and she really makes you want to hear so much more. So I'll definitely be looking out for more music from her. My favorite tracks, Encode, Summertime Cigarettes, Ghosts, No. Um, The entire EP is dope, though. It's only five songs and an intro, so definitely check that out. The next project on the list is It Was Good Until It Wasn't by Kalani. Um, This is Kalani's sophomore album, which is wild because I feel like she's given us so much music. It just seems like some of them were albums, but they definitely weren't. Um, Kalani went into this album trying to make an R&B album and not to make any pop songs. And she certainly succeeded. uh, And I think that theme is what makes this one of her best projects. I need some more all R&B Kalani. She's always been good for being able to speak about relationships and easily relate to so many people through her experiences. So many people have been through what she sings about, um, and that's what makes her so popular. Um, She starts the album off with a simple arrangement in Toxic, talking about just that, a toxic relationship with some smooth tie dollar sign vocals backing her up. The relationship is toxic, but she makes sure to note that she can't stop being pulled right back into it, which is a sentiment that many can understand. Um, The album contains a few nods to some classic R&B songs, like her collab with Tory Lanez, which is called Can I, which is really a nasty, sexy song and the perfect way to use Tory Lanez. But that song interpolates the song Come Over by Aaliyah. And then there's the song Everybody Business, which samples Frontin' by Pharrell and Jay-Z. And I really think Kalani... Um, gave us some of the most beautiful songs she's ever made on this album. The chorus of Bad News is phenomenal. Hate the Club with Masego's saxophone is one of my favorite vibes from the album. And then there's Lexi's outro, which is in honor of her friend Lexi who passed away, and it features Lexi rapping, which was a great way to end the album.
Grieving with James Blake, Change Your Life with Janae Aiko, Open, Passionate. There are so many great songs on this album. Um, Kalani is really at the top of her game right now. There aren't a lot of R&B artists that can consistently give you good, relatable music and stay true to themselves. And Kalani has never been anything less than 100 in her music. And this album brings us a little bit closer to her. Um, She explores loneliness and the fear of it in such genuine ways. Um, And this effort also shows that she can stay true to her vision and sound and not compromise for mainstream sounds and still deliver amazing work. So I think that's really dope. My favorite tracks from this album are Hate the Club, Toxic, Bad News, Everybody Business, Open, Passionate, Grieving, Lexi's Outro. So next, let's discuss Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. Um, I don't think a single album on this list came out in a more timely manner than Run the Jewels 4. Killer Mike and LP actually released the album a day early and for free because they knew we needed it, um, with protests erupting all over the country over the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and more. Uh, Run the Jewels 4 came at a time when we needed some hope, and no album set the tone better than this one. Their albums have always been rooted in social activism and commentary, as well as political commentary, but this album feels different. It feels like revolution music. Um, The album opener, Yankee and the Brave, jumps right into it, setting the pace for the album immediately and seems to easily outline their thesis statement um, when they say, Yankee and the Brave are here. Everybody hit the deck. We don't mean no harm, but we truly mean all the disrespect. Lyrically, Killer Mike and LP are some of the best to do this shit, and they don't falter at all throughout this album, switching flows and cadences with ease over complex production that was primarily handled by LP himself. Um, and the song Holy Kalamafuck is all you need to hear if you think they're not the shit. Um, the beat switch on that song is insane and they're really rapping their asses off. The way they feed off of each other, each other's energy and rhymes is like no other. Their chemistry is on 100 and it really elevates their music. They have consistently made albums that are damn near perfect, especially if you're looking for hip hop with a message that's focused on lyricism. The only criticism I've ever had in the past was that sometimes the production is so complex that it's not appealing to the ear, but that was not the case this time around. You got Ooh La La, one of the lead singles. It has some amazing production. They got Greg Nice to do the hook. DJ Premier scratching with the production. Um, They've got an old school feel and they pay homage to their era immensely, but the music still feels fresh. Uh, And that's hard to do nowadays, paying homage and embracing that boom bap period while keeping the attention of today's generation. Um, But in this album, their message takes center stage. They talk about um, the destruction of the environment and the media's influence on our minds in Goonies versus E.T. They talk about capitalism and money's power over the oppressed and just over a sick Pharrell, Neptune's like beat. Pharrell's featured in that song as well. But there are a few verses that really stand out in the album. It's just phenomenal. Verse 2 on Walking in the Snow by Killer Mike where he talks about the school-to-prison pipeline and how the fear of black people is reinforced in our society. And he even gives a chilling description of the police brutality terrorizing our community. He said, And every day on the evening news, they feed you fear for free. And you so numb, you watch the cops choke out a man like me until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper, I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. He recorded that song back in November But the timing of that verse with the death of George Floyd showed just what a vicious cycle we've been stuck in with the police killing our people. Um, Other verses, both verses by LP and Killer Mike and Pulling the Pin, 
are gripping as they rap about the evils that hold us down. But it's the album Closer, which is called A Few Words for the Firing Squad, Radiation. Possibly my favorite Run the Jewel song ever. The verses they both lay over that jazz rock-like production really radiates through you. The conviction with which they deliver the rhymes, especially Mike's two verses, really sound revolutionary. LP said, this is for the never heard, never even got a motherfucking word. Two of Mike's lines that stand out were, it's crippling, make you want to lean on a cup of promethazine. But my queen says she need a king, not another junky, flunky rapper fiend. Friends tell her he could be another Malcolm. He could be another Martin. She told her partner, I need a husband more than the world need another martyr. And then another one, he said, black child in America, the fact that I made it, it's magic, black and beautiful. The world broke my mama heart and she died in attic. God bless me to redeem her in my thoughts, words and my actions. Satisfaction for the devil. God damn it. He'll never, ever have it. It's just stuff like that. Like the song is so poetic and this album is their best. And that's saying something because their first two albums, especially are two of the best albums released in the last decade. Simply put. At a time when people were angry, frustrated, and hurt, Run the Jewels delivered their voice to the people and acted as a voice for the people when we needed it most. My favorite tracks, the entire album, to be honest. The entire album is amazing. Um, Specifically, Out of Sight, A Few Words for the Firing Squad, Pulling the Pin, Holy Kalamafuck, Walking in the Snow, Ooh La La, easily. Um, Let's talk about Ungodly Hour by Chloe... And Halle. Um, Chloe and Halle have learned a lot from Beyonce. The main thing I took away from Ungodly Hour is that Chloe and Halle are not the same kids they were in their last album. The kids are all right. It seems very clear they wanted to put forth an album that was more mature than their last effort and showcase their growth as mature young women and highlight their experiences. And they certainly did that. Um, They even said that With this album, they wanted to challenge the idea that they were these perfect angels. My wife and I have always talked about how crazy it is that the totality of Beyonce's range is kind of captured by Chloe and Halle. Chloe can handle the lower ranges while Halle can handle the higher ones. And you can hear the Beyonce influences in their voices when they sing. And they honestly sound better than Beyonce did when she was their age. But they've also had Beyonce in their corner, so that tracks. Um, And while their voices haven't really changed much since their last album, they give off a pretty serious Destiny's Child vibe on this project. And I think that's strengthened by the content of the music on this album. The song Busy Boy sounds exactly like something Destiny's Child would have performed. It's just got that energy all over it. The entire album is like that. They start the album in the intro with some angelic harmonies in one phrase. Don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. And then Forgive Me drops. And that song is all about taking the power back and asking for forgiveness for even giving a person in relationship power in the first place. They're cursing on this album. They're talking about putting dudes in the ground if they don't treat them right on Tipsy. Um, On Wonder What She Thinks of Me, they write the song from the perspective of a side chick, wondering what the main one thinks of her. And that's such a unique concept for a song. They really shed light on their experiences and delivered a number of anthems um, to the catalog. The album is full of bops. I honestly don't have a bad thing to say about the album, to be honest. It's incredibly cohesive, and the production and mixing paid careful attention to the transitions between most of the songs. Do It and Catch Up are so lighthearted and fun. Rest of Your Life is just an amazing, energizing way to end an album. The production is so perfect and really explores a sound that's more grown-up R&B. Um, Some of the haunting chords and synths and sounds really give the album that vibe. 
And they did a lot of the producing themselves, which is mad impressive. But they also got some incredible help from Boy Wonder, Disclosure, Mike Will Made It, Soundwave, Scott Storch, and more. This was a sophomore effort that did exactly what it set out to do, and it's easily their best work to date. Favorite tracks? The entire album. Listen to the whole thing. But more specifically, Forgive Me, Do It, Catch Up, Lonely, Busy Boy, Wonder What She Thinks of Me, Rest of Your Life, Don't Make It Harder on Me. That was basically the entire album. Um... Next, let's talk about Tiana Taylor's album called The Album. Um, This project is the polar opposite of Tiana Taylor's last release, Keep That Same Energy. Keep That Same Energy was the eight-song minimalist album entirely produced by Kanye, which is fine. I actually like the album. But after not releasing an album since 2014, an amazing album at that, it was Seven. That was the name of the album. The last thing Tiana's career needed was an eight-song album when we were patiently waiting for so much more from her. And she's publicly talked about how there were things she compromised for that vision of an album. Well, the album made no compromises. It's a 23-song album that runs nearly 80 minutes and is broken up into five parts, or she calls them studios. So Studio A is songs 1 through 5. It represents love songs. Studio L, songs 6 through 10. It displays her sexuality. Studio B is songs 11 through 14. It exercises her self-worth. Studio U is songs 15 through 18. Showcases vulnerability. Studio M is songs 19 through 23. Showcases triumph. So that you know spells album, all those studio names. And she says she knows that most people create playlists based on emotion, and she wanted to create an album that was kind of already segmented that way. Um, Most artists don't usually aim to make an album that has something for everyone. It just kind of happens when they're versatile enough to do that, but it definitely works here. The first segment of the album that focuses on love is complete heat. It's really family-focused. you got the intro, which combines the audio from Amon proposing to her, Amon Shumpert, um, and also the audio from the 911 call when Amon had to deliver their baby Junie in the bathroom. It's such a beautiful start to the album, and it's amazing that they had that audio. Um, It's immediately followed by Come Back to Me, which is a beautiful song that she made while she was making the album Seven that never got used, and now it features her daughter Junie singing on it, and she feels that that was meant to be that's followed by Wake Up Love, which features Amon rapping in the silkiest of vocals from Tiana. It's also in that video for that song where she announces that she's expecting another child. That's followed by Low Key, which samples Next Lifetime by Erica Badu and features Erica Badu on the song. So that's a next level endorsement right there. It's just an amazing way to start the album. Um, the entire album is Tiana being able to expound on all the sentiments that she quickly expressed on Keep That Same Energy. Not many people can make sex sound good in music without it being tacky, but Tiana is the queen of that. And it helps when she's got collabs from Missy Elliott, Future, Kalani, and DeVito to spice them up. And Timbaland producing that Missy Future joint booming. Uh, My favorite segment of the album, besides the beginning, is the self-worth portion. So that song's 11 through 14. Um, The transitions from bad to wrong bitch to shoot it up to bear with me is fantastic. And I feel like most of the music from her album seven was in that same vein and she killed that. Um, But honestly, even the vulnerable portion of the album has some amazingly written songs like Lose Each Other and Ever Ever. This album was an incredible bout of redemption. I probably could have done with a few less songs, but I can understand the want to get all her ideas out after Keep That Same Energy. Um, Tiana's one of the best R&B artists out and she's underrated and she always lets her voice speak life to her experiences in front of us and so I'm excited to see where she goes next 
Um, favorite tracks, Wrong Bitch, Boomin', Come Back to Me, Wake Up Love, Low Key, Bear With Me, 69, Lose Each Other. It's a fantastic project. And finally, uh, the final album of my favorites from the second quarter of 2020 is Bigger Love by John Legend. Um, this is John Legend's seventh studio album and his first studio album with the original music um, since 2016, because he did put out that Christmas album uh, back in 2018. Um, Bigger Love is easily a top tier legend album. I still think Get Lifted is his best work, but I think that Bigger Love is right behind that. Rafael Sadiq was an executive producer on this album, just like his Christmas album from 2018, and they put together an incredible mix of sounds. John Legend has always been great at bridging the gap between a more old school, traditional R&B sound and a contemporary flavor. And he does the exact same thing on this album. The very first track, Ula, uh, merges a doo-wop sound with a trap-like hip-hop vibe. And John's performance over the production makes the sound so good. That's immediately followed up by Actions, which technically samples The Edge by David McCallum. But that sample is most commonly known to us as the beat from the next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And Legend builds off of that familiarity and delivers a solid track that digs into his past Bachelor lifestyle around the town he put out his first album. When I think about my favorite songs by John Legend, like Ordinary People, This Time, All of Me, Coming Home, Aim High, they all have a few things in common. Is that they're songs with simple piano-driven melodies that see John's voice taking over and leading the song. The interesting thing about Bigger Love is he doesn't really have a lot of those type of songs on the album, and it's still phenomenal. Never Break, the album closer, is one of those songs, um, and I love it. Um, he's good for some motivational, uplifting joints, and Never Break is exactly one of those. He definitely has songs where his vocals are the forefront, like Conversations in the Dark, which is a song about his marriage and relationship with Chrissy Teigen, and even Slow Cooker. But those melodies are more guitar-driven um, and are easily some of the best vibes on the album. He gets groovy on an Anderson Pack beat on One Life. His, uh, his collaborations in general are all phenomenal. He has songs with Gary Clark Jr. where Gary Clark is playing the guitar and it really boosts John Legend's performance. Janae Aiko, Rhapsody, Coffee, they're all so damn good and they complement him beautifully. He also has something for everyone on this album, and yet it's very cohesive and it's not off-brand. His last original album, Darkness and Light, Seem like Legend going for all contemporary vibe without a lot of that old school flair and influences we were used to. And it didn't really work as well for me. But Bigger Love saw Legend wanting to make an album that gave people joy and hope. And I think he accomplished that. It's a great album. And the feel-good moments of this album really stick around. Um, so my favorite tracks were Wild, You Move, I Move, Slow Cooker, Focused, Conversations in the Dark, Remember Us, and never break. Um, so that is all for the dig deeper um, segment for this week. Um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Those are my favorite albums um, for the second quarter of 2020. So, you know, when I dropped the, my list of the top 25 albums of 2020 in December, I'm very interested because this is the first time that I've been keeping track of my favorite albums. I always keep a playlist of my favorite songs throughout the year. But as far as keeping song, keeping track of albums that I've already noted are my favorites from the year, it'll be interesting to see if all of those albums make the top 25 or which ones, you know, 
fall off because at the end of the day, it's a top 25 list. And if I do nine albums each quarter, that's 36. So they can't all make it. So I'll be interested to see which ones make the list. Um, so yeah, that'll be some work for me to do at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in, for watching the stream, for listening. If you listen to the audio version, um, please tell people about the podcast. Um, follow the stream. Um, if you're watching the live stream, hit the heart button at the top right to follow the stream. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate everyone in the chat. Shout out to S2H, S2H. Um, so yeah, um, follow the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, TOTB, the podcast. There's dope content multiple times a week. Get the podcast newsletter. Get on the mailing list. Um, you can go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com to get on the mailing list. There's also a link on all my socials to get to the mailing list. But you get that playlist and you get the podcast newsletter. The podcast newsletter will be dropping sometime tonight. Um, so, yeah, uh, this has been Thinking Outside the Boombox. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, this is your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.